Hello, and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. And I'm really pleased to welcome an old friend uh, of myself and the industry to this broadcast, uh, Maura Gast, who is the Executive Director for the Irving Convention and Visitors Bureau. Thanks for joining us, Maura. Always a pleasure, Tyler. And wow, I mean, you've had uh, kind of been running the business there for like uh, 20 years now and at the Bureau for 32 and a half. And it's lots of things happening in the destination during that time that we're going to talk about. But, you know, so it's just like football season right now. Right. And, you know, <laughs> and the Dallas Cowboys at, at the moment are on a big giant run. They may be kind of a colliding with my 49ers at some point again. <laughs> but I just said, you know, reading everything that's happened with Irving, because you guys used to have the stadium there and the Cowboys headquarters. And when they departed, I mean, that could have been really uh, rough for any destination. But all the stuff that is happening there, you've really done so much. And I, I'm always just kind of rooting for you and uh, for your continued success in that aspect. Well, thank you, sir. You know, it just, I mean, it was kind of a, um, you know, a little bit of a heartbreaker when it happened. Obviously, we, you know, we'd been home for a while. The only place where any Super Bowls, Super Bowls have ever been won. I just want to go on the record with that. But who's counting? You know, yeah. All five of them only happened when the team was here. I'm not saying there's a jinx, but, you know, whatever. No, I mean, you know, they're still, they were such a part of our identity um, so that when they left, it was really a little bit of, okay, you know, it's, it's, they were part of us and they, you know, it's kind of like they grew up and, and moved out of the house, right? They're not coming back. Um, but we kind of, I think we had the ability to be empty nesters and reimagine what our future would look like without the Cowboys in our immediate backyard. Obviously they're still in the region. Obviously they're still called the Dallas Cowboys, you know, so they're still good for us and they're still good for the region. Um, the way the new stadium was built, it's drawn much bigger and larger events to the area. And because of where Irving sits geographically, we're in great position to continue to capitalize on their presence here. But we've also made sure that we, you know, built some things of our own to stand on, literally and figuratively. And, and, and because they left, I think we had the impetus to do those things. And I mean, you've turned into a massive entertainment destination with things like the Toyota Music Factory. Of course, Las Colinas is celebrating or just celebrating its 50th anniversary and just home to just a massive amount of uh, what, uh, Fortune 500 companies. And sure. I think the yeah. statistic is there's uh, more people working there than in downtown Dallas. Yeah, it's it's a huge, you know, it is a huge urban center in the middle of a huge urban market. And, you know, Las Colinas is is a real estate development within the city of Irving. It was, you know, today you see master plan developments everywhere. But 50 years ago, this was a first of its kind. And, and because of how it was structured from a legal and financial standpoint, there's been nothing like it ever done again. They were able to you know, create and put to use a wide range of, of, for the time, just unheard of financing structures and, you know, flood mitigation. I mean, this is a floodplain. The canals and the lake that are here are utilitarian in purpose. But when Mr. Carpenter built this area, he saw an opportunity to make something out of utility and to make some, to make, 
to make form more than functional, right? And so that's kind of what we've tried to live by with everything that we've done and tried to really honor that. But because of how he approached things out here, um, we've been able to stand on that shoulders. Irving is the headquarter of headquarters. You know, we have so many headquarter regional or international headquarters here within, you know, minutes of our offices in the convention center, but within minutes of DFW International Airport and Love Field. You know, we are, you know this, you've been here, we're equidistant between both amazing airports. It is easy to get to here from everywhere. And even more business is coming to Texas too. I mean, that's the trend. That's so. exactly, yeah, absolutely. You know, there, the amount of people that have come that continue to come to Texas every day and Dallas-Fort Worth, you know, this area has something like 30% of the state's jobs are here in Dallas-Fort Worth. I mean, it's just a huge central area. And part of that is the airport. Part of that is the central location, not just in the country, but, you know, especially from a business standpoint, a doing business standpoint, if you're bringing people together, the easier it is to get everybody to a place and get down to business, uh, the better it is for the bottom line and for the organization. So the ability to, you know, fly out on a Monday morning for Monday meetings that start Monday afternoon and go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and get people back home on Friday. That's that's a luxury we have and we've always had and, and we now have it with even better and more air service. Yeah, getting back to Las Colinas, there's big news there with the you know, Four Seasons and I guess the uh, Rich Carlton is, is taking that over. And normally one would be uh, really, you know, hate to see a luxury property like the Four Seasons go, but hey, Rich Carlton, I mean, uh, you can't. Right, right. <laughs> You know, it's so funny because you started with the Cowboys, you know, the Cowboys leaving. And of course, you know, we're like, oh, OK, we'll get through that. And oh, my God, what do you mean the Four Seasons is leaving? And then you realize, OK, well, when you have a property of that caliber, you know, um, you know, getting into the just the nuts and bolts of the money side of it. When you have a property of that caliber, it takes a property of that caliber to pay the bills. You know, that was one of our conversation points in the community as people were hearing that the Four Seasons was leaving and not really having a frame of reference to say, well, what does that mean? You know, there were a lot of people who thought because we lost the Byron Nelson golf tournament five, six, seven years ago, that that was going to cripple the hotel. Like it, it's one week a year, folks, you know, they have to make a living the other 51. <laughs> um, but then people just really, and you just kind of have to just kind of, it's a very emotional and visceral reaction, understandably, customers, you know, I mean that, you know, it's a crown jewel, not just for Irving, but in the Metroplex, but then you say, okay, but look what's coming. Okay. You have this beautiful, high-end, elegant property that has bills that are the scale of a beautiful, high-end, elegant property, right? So you need something of that caliber to come in. I mean, just from the pure, uh, business functionality of a deal. And once we could kind of get people off the ledge and kind of thinking through that practically, and then obviously seeing as how it's playing out, seeing how the new ownership is putting um, a lot of money into what was already a lovely property, right? Putting a lot of money into the property to scale it even further up uh, to where it'll wear that Ritz-Carlton flag come January. And uh, with a significant amount of probably renovations and uh... And yeah, it's you know nearly sixty million dollars worth of of property improvements. Just all the all the guest rooms are being touched, all the villas, uh, the food and beverage outlets, the meeting spaces. Everything is being touched. Um, you know, and and it's going to be new and beautiful on a on a place that was always new and beautiful. And then, uh, how about some other 
different uh, renovations or openings of uh, significant hotel properties in the area. I've got a funny one for you. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's funny. I'm entertained by it. So we have uh, an embassy suites opening, uh, should be opening in January, um, which is maybe three miles from the convention center. Great location right at 114 in MacArthur. But the first time that piece of property was originally zoned for an embassy suites was more than 20 years ago. <laughs> it has changed hands. It has changed developers. It is... I don't know that it's fair to say it ever really started. It got as far as zoning several times, but this time when it all came together, this time it actually came to fruition. So they will be opening soon and it's a lovely property. Um, you know, one of the great things that happened with the Weston Irving Convention Center opening is that uh, it, you know, allowed some of the other hotels close by, which were still uh, in great shape, but, you know, comp competition drives uh, investment. So, you know, with the Westin coming online, the Marriott Las Colinas reinvested, its owners reinvested that property, the Omni Las Colinas, their ownership reinvested in that property. They made the absolute most of of the downtimes during COVID and really chose to to close down for a couple of months to do the things that they needed to do to, to advance um, reinvestment. So, you know, there's a beautiful new look at the Omni and more coming still. Um, we've got the Embassy. We've got um, the Hotel Indigo, which is, again, another, it's probably about a mile and a half, what would that make that, east of where the Omni is. That'll be opening summer of 24. Um, we've got, you know, other properties. We have uh, some properties that have changed hands. We have a new element, I think, that's probably open since the last time you were here at uh, 114 and Green Park, Hidden Ridge. So again, another couple of miles, nothing, none of our hotels in the city are more than seven or eight miles from the convention center. None is more than seven or eight miles from DFW airport. Um, so all of them in, in easy location. So that element's been open for a couple of years now. Um, we've got, you know, uh, a, a, a property that's now branded as a Candlewood. We've got some Senesta flags where they took over certain things. Um, we have what was originally once upon a time, a Holiday Inn Holodome, uh, for those people who've been around a long time, um, will be reopening probably right around the end of this calendar year as two Wyndham brands, so Wyndham and Ramada within the one, with the one hotel. So certainly this area has always been a hotbed for hotel activity. And as you know, the hotel industry continues to invent new brands. Uh, Irving continues to be a place where those new brands are going to pop up. But then at the Music Factory, too, there's, you know, there's a lot of reinventioning happening, reinventioning, <laughs> reinventing happening there as well. Um, the first, you know, the first properties there opened in September of 2017, which is kind of hard to, it's hard to imagine it was that long ago and it feels like yesterday. Um, but there's new ownership there that now owns uh, the lease and the agreement with the city, and they have brought forth some really big, bold ideas to the city for consideration. Um, the city's working through those right now, but one of the assets that's there that is getting ready to open is a project called the Rayleigh Underground. Uh, it's right at the base of the, <clears throat> excuse me, the Live Nation Pavilion. Um, which is going to be another great event space, about 40,000 feet of, of private space for private events, um, smaller scale concerts, all those kinds of things. Um, Brookfield, which is the new ownership group for the, the lease at the Music Factory, is looking at um, 
a lot more activation of the plaza itself, a lot more scaling of the plaza. And then, you know, some of the simple things like a lot more, um, we'll call it weather conditioning of the plaza and, you know, thinking about shade structures, thinking about some of the other things and really thinking about trying to bring to the outside uh, at least feeling some of the life that's happening inside the buildings that are there. So I think we will, over time, uh, you know, they're looking at some different kind of tenant strategies. There are um, office tenants that are now in there, so that's going to help support the restaurant tenants. Uh, but really making sure that the mix of restaurant and the mix of entertainment um, tenants that are in that structure really are uh, a lot more diverse in what they have to offer. And uh, yeah, it sounds like you know, all sorts of great stuff's going on at the, the, the Toyota Music Factory. Um, does it kind of surprise you? I mean, now that now Irving is like a big entertainment destination, and you must get a lot of not only business travelers, which you always have because of your of your Fortune 500 base, but also probably like leisure travelers too coming there. Absolutely, that is exactly right. And it's funny, it's you know when we first started down this convention center and ultimately entertainment district project one of our goals was to try to try to help dr drive weekend demand um, because it's you know um, corporate travel is cyclical when when the market is high it's great and when the market isn't it isn't so how do we build something that can help stabilize Irving over the long term and and really since we opened the convention center in January of 2011 open the music factory in 17 open the westin in 19 we have been able to drive weekend occupancy and weekend rates accordingly by bringing new demand into the market so it's definitely doing that but also now when we survey customers post event you know what did you like the most what did you like the least you know one of the things that pushed us down the road to try to make something happen on the entertainment venue side because it was a number one reason why we lost business you know, we lost over lack of things to do in Irving proper. We used to have a, a line item in our budget to bust people out of Irving for their off nights. You know, we don't have to do that anymore. Um, but that was th something that would come up. It would come up with the hotels with groups they were trying to book on their own. What's your number one reason for lost business, you know, if you had availability? So that became a really important piece of the conversation. But now it's not the issue anymore. You know, now when we ask questions in our visitor data gathering about, you know, would you consider extending your your travel time to do yes we'll think about it. we didn't use to we we didn't rate really highly on that before you know we have to kind of acknowledge that we weren't that place before and we we're getting there but we can't rest on our laurels like we can't say okay we're done because every day somebody else is building and improving and doing something else i think what we've done really well um, and it's hard to do, especially in a marketplace like Dallas-Fort Worth, where it's so competitive and there's so much, you know, there's 23, 25, 35, I don't know how many cities and CVBs there are in this area. But, you know, we're everybody's always trying to do the next thing, because if you don't, somebody else is going to get to it. And, you know, we can't be all things to all people, but what we can be is a really good place for grownups and, you know, who we are by day. And during the week for business is not a bad role for who we can be on the weekends too. It doesn't mean we're not attractive to families, but the the activities and things that we have and that we've built are really, you know, they are complementary to the grownups who are here during the week. We don't have to reinvent ourselves for the weekend. We can just, you know, stay a day longer, 
stay two or three, or it's not such a big deal if you need to come here on a weekend anymore. It's it's a good thing. There's going to be things to do. Um, if you're a convention or a meeting and you got an opening night and a closing night and event and one or two you know, empty days in between, there are places for your sponsors, your convention sponsors to take their clients out or to host offsite venues without having to go through a lot of expense or a lot of shuttle expense. So, you know, we've, we've, we knew where our opportunities were. And I think we've been really smartly focused, but we also know we can't just sit still now. Anything else uh, on the horizon uh, that you can think of? I'm trying to think. I mean, if you got sure so much is. going on, what else can you do? <laughs> There's only so many you know, days. You know, it's fun. Week. I mean, you know, I'm, I learn so much every week, whether it's, you know, it's the acts coming into the Live Nation Pavilion where, you know, I'm, I'm officially old at this point because almost everything that comes in, I have to Google and go, is that, is that a person? Is that a group? What is that thing that this is the name of? So I learn a lot. Um, you know, the conventions that happen in the convention center itself, there's all sorts of groups of, of all kinds. You know, we had oh, 800 people playing cornhole here all weekend. You know, three years ago, there was no such thing as a cornhole tournament. Well, now it's, it's really big business. Players. Yeah, I, I, yes, I, yes, yes, it's on ESPN yeah. with play-by-play -play guys and sponsors and, you know, patches and all that crazy stuff. So it's nuts. It's nuts, but it's great. Um and then, you you know, you countered that and you go, things like that are growing like crazy. Things like anime and the Comic-Con things are growing like crazy. But so are things like quilting and knitting and some old school things that have found like a new, you know, there's there's new fans in much younger generations. There's, so it's just, to me, it's just fascinating, you know, and I love it. And I love that every day is different here. Um, it's probably why so many of us are still here. I I love seeing it. You know, I love when I come into the parking garage and I can't find a spot because um, we're full. I love when I, you know, try to park in the loading dock and forget that it's a loading load in day and there's, you know, 20 minutes of, of trailers stacked up waiting for the dock to open so they can move in and the boneyard looks full and it makes me happy, happy, happy. <laughs> uh, I know. I mean, you and me are alike. I mean, this is endless fascination. There's always something yes. every day in this industry. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us for this podcast today. My pleasure. It's always good to see you, Tyler, and, and happy move. Oh, well, thank you. I, <laughs> yeah, talk to me like in, in about a week. Good luck with all that. I'm yeah. Still here. <laughs> when well, I see you. you next summer at the DI convention, let me know if your boxes are unpacked. <laughs> all right. Well, that, okay. was, that was Maura Gass, the executive director for the Irving Convention and Visitors Bureau. I'm a Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. Thank you for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. If you're interested in any of our other podcasts with industry thought leaders, head on over to meetingstoday.com. Check out our podcast section for a wealth of material. Um, I hope you enjoyed it today. And no matter what you're up to with the rest of it, go out and make it a great one. Mm -hmm.